Section one of Faraday as a Discoverer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by William Jones, Benita Springs, Florida. Faraday as a Discoverer by John Tyndall. Parentage, Introduction to the Royal Institution, Earliest Experiments first royal society paper marriage it has been thought desirable to give you and the world some image of michael faraday as a scientific investigator and discoverer the attempt to respond to this desire has been to me a labor of difficulty if also a labor of love for however well acquainted I may be with the researches and discoveries of that great master, however numerous the illustrations which occur to me of the loftiness of Faraday's character and the beauty of his life, still to grasp him and his researches as a whole, to seize upon the ideas which guided him and connected them, to gain entrance into that strong and active brain and read from it the riddle of the world, this is a work not easy of performance and all but impossible amid the distraction of duties of another kind that i should at one period or other speak to you regarding faraday and his work is natural if not inevitable but i did not expect to be called upon to speak so soon still the bare suggestion that this is the fit and proper time for speech sent me immediately to my task from it i have returned with such result as i could gather and also with the wish that those results were more worthy than they are of the greatness of my theme it is not my intention to lay before you a life of faraday in the ordinary acceptation of the term the duty i have to perform is to give you some notion of what he has done in the world dwelling incidentally on the spirit in which his work was executed and introducing such personal traits as may be necessary to the completion of your picture of the philosopher though by no means adequate to give you a complete idea of the man the newspapers have already informed you that michael fairday was born at newington butts on september twenty second seventeen ninety one and that he fell finally asleep at hampton court on august twenty fifth eighteen sixty seven believing as i do in the general truth of the doctrine of hereditary transmission sharing the opinion of mr carlyle that a really able man never proceeded from entirely stupid parents i once used the privilege of my intimacy with mr faraday to ask him whether his parents showed any sign of unusual ability he could remember none his father i believe was a great sufferer during the latter years of his life and this might have masked whatever intellectual power he possessed when thirteen years old that is to say in eighteen o four Fairday was apprenticed to a bookseller and bookbinder in Blandford Street, Manchester Square. Here he spent eight years of his life, after which he worked as a journeyman elsewhere. You may also have heard the account of Fairday's first contact with the Royal Institution, that he was introduced by one of the members to Sir Humphrey Davy's last lectures, 
and that he took notes of these lectures, wrote them fairly out, and sent them to Davy, entreating him, at the same time to enable him to quit trade, which he detested, and to pursue science, which he loved. Davy was helpful to the young man, and this should never be forgotten. He at once wrote to Faraday, and afterwards, when an opportunity occurred, made him his assistant. Footnote. Here is Davy's recommendation of Faraday, presented to the managers of the Royal Institution, at a meeting on the 18th of March, 1813. Charles Hatchett, Esquire, in the chair. Sir Humphrey Davy has the honour to inform the managers that he has found a person who is desirous to occupy the situation in the institution lately filled by William Payne. His name is Michael Faraday. He is a youth of twenty-two years of age. As far as Sir Humphrey Davy has been able to observe or ascertain, he appears well fitted for the situation. His habits seem good, his disposition active and cheerful, and his manner intelligent. He is willing to engage himself on the same terms as given to Mr. Payne at the time of quitting the institution. Resolved that Michael Faraday be engaged to fill the situation lately occupied by Mr. Payne on the same terms. End of footnote. Mr. Gassio has lately favoured me with the following reminiscence of this time. Clapman Common, Surrey, November 28, 1867. My dear Tyndall, Sir H. Davy was accustomed to call on the late Mr. Pepys in the poultry on his way to the London institution, of which Pepys was one of the original managers. The latter told me that on one occasion Sir H. Davy, showing him a letter, said, Pepys, what am I to do? Here is a letter from a young man named Faraday. He has been attending my lectures, and wants me to give him employment at the Royal Institution. What can I do? Do, replied Pepys, put him to wash bottles. If he is good for anything, he will do it directly. If he refuses, he is good for nothing. No, no, replied Davy, we must try him with something better than that. The result was that Davy engaged him to assist in the laboratory at weekly wages. Davy held the joint office of Professor of Chemistry and Director of the Laboratory. He ultimately gave up the former to the late Professor Brand, but he insisted that Faraday should be appointed Director of the Laboratory, and as Faraday told me, this enabled him on subsequent occasions to hold a definite position in the institution, in which he was always supported by Davy. I believe he held that office to the last. Believe me, my dear Tyndall, yours truly, J. P. Gassiot. From a letter written by Faraday himself, soon after his appointment as Davy's assistant, I extract the following account of his introduction to the Royal Institution. London, September 13th, 1813. As for myself, I am absent from home nearly day and night except occasional calls, and it is likely shall shortly be absent entirely. But this, having nothing more to say, and at the request of my mother, I will explain to you. I was formerly a bookseller and binder, but am now turned philosopher, which happens thus. 
whilst an apprentice i for amusement learned a little chemistry and other parts of philosophy and felt an eager desire to proceed in that way further after being a journeyman for six months under a disagreeable master i gave up my business and through the interest of a sir h davy filled the situation of chemical assistant to the royal institution of great britain in which office i now remain and where i am constantly employed in observing the works of nature and tracing the manner in which she directs the order and arrangement of the world i have lately had proposals made to me by sir humphrey davy to accompany him in his travels through europe and asia as philosophical assistant if i go at all i expect it will be in october next about the end and my absence from home will perhaps be as long as three years but as yet all is uncertain end of letter this account is supplemented by the following letter written by faraday to his friend de la rive footnote to whom i am indebted for a copy of the original letter end footnote on the occasion of the death of mrs marseilles the letter is dated september second eighteen fifty eight start of letter my dear friend your subject interested me deeply every way for mrs marseilles was a good friend to me as she must have been to many of the human race i entered the shop of a bookseller and bookbinder at the age of thirteen in the year eighteen o four remained there eight years and during the chief part of the time bound books now it was in these books in the hours after work that i found the beginning of my philosophy there were two that especially helped me the encyclopaedia britannica from which i gained my first notions of electricity and mr marseilles conversations on chemistry which gave me my foundation in that science do not suppose that i was a very deep thinker or was marked as a precocious person i was a very lively imaginative person and could believe in the arabian nights as easily as in the encyclopedia but facts were important to me and saved me i could trust a fact and always cross-examined an assertion so when i questioned mr marseilles book by such a little experiments as i could find means to perform and found it true to the facts as i could understand them i felt that i had got hold of an anchor in chemical knowledge and clung fast to it thence my deep veneration for mrs marseilles first as one who had conferred great personal good and pleasure on me and then as one able to convey the truth and principle of those boundless fields of knowledge which concern natural things to the young untaught and inquiring mind you may imagine my delight when i came to know mrs marseilles personally how often i cast my thoughts backwards delighting to connect the past and the present how often when sending a paper to her as a thank-offering i thought of my first instructress and such like thoughts will remain with me i have some such thoughts even as regards your own father who was i may say the first who personally at geneva and afterwards by correspondence encouraged and by that sustained me end of letter twelve or thirteen years ago mr faraday and myself 
quitted the institution one evening together to pay a visit in baker street he took my arm at the door and pressing it to his side in his warm genial way said come tyndall i will now show you something that will interest you we walked northwards past the house of mr babbage which drew forth a reference to the famous evening parties once assembled there we reached blandford street and after a little looking about he paused before a stationer's shop and then went in on entering the shop his usual animation seemed doubled he looked rapidly at everything it contained to the left on entering was a door through which he looked down into a little room with a window in front facing blandford street drawing me towards him he said eagerly look there tyndall that was my working-place i bound the books in that little nook a respectable-looking woman stood behind the counter his conversation with me was too low to be heard by her and he now turned to the counter to buy some cards as an excuse for our being there he asked the woman her name her predecessor's name his predecessor's name that won't do he said with good-humoured impatience who was his predecessor mr ribau she replied and immediately added as if suddenly recollecting herself he sir was the master of sir charles faraday nonsense he responded there is no such person great was her delight when i told her the name of her visitor but she assured me that as soon as she saw him running about the shop she felt though she did not know why that it must be sir charles faraday faraday did as you know accompany davy to rome he was re-engaged by the managers of the royal institution on may fifteenth eighteen fifteen here he made rapid progress in chemistry and after a time was entrusted with easy analyses by davy in those days the royal institution published the quarterly journal of science the precursor of our own proceedings faraday's first contribution to science appeared in that journal in eighteen sixteen it was an analysis of some caustic lime from tuscany which had been sent to davy by the duchess of montrose between this period and eighteen eighteen various notes and short papers were published by faraday in eighteen eighteen he experimented upon sounding flames professor auguste de la rive father of our present excellent de la rive had investigated those sounding flames and had applied to them an explanation which completely accounted for a class of sounds discovered by de la rive himself by a few simple and conclusive experiments faraday proved that the explanation was insufficient it is an epoch in the life of a young man when he finds himself correcting a person of eminence and in faraday's case where its effect was to develop a modest self-trust such an event could not fail to act profitably from time to time between eighteen eighteen and eighteen twenty faraday published scientific notes and notices of minor weight at this time he was acquiring not producing working hard for his master and storing and strengthening his own mind he assisted mr brand in his lectures 
and so quietly skilfully and modestly was his work done that mr brand's vocation at the time was pronounced lecturing on velvet in eighteen twenty faraday published a chemical paper on two new compounds of chlorine and carbon and on a new compound of iodine carbon and hydrogen this paper was read before the royal society on december twenty first eighteen twenty and it was the first of his that was honored with a place in the philosophical transactions on june twelfth eighteen twenty one he married and obtained leave to bring his young wife into his rooms at the royal institution there for forty-six years they lived together occupying the suite of apartments which had been previously in the successive occupancy of young davy and brand at the time of her marriage mrs faraday was twenty-one years of age he being nearly thirty regarding this marriage i will at present limit myself to quoting an entry written in faraday's own hand in his book of diplomas which caught my eye while in his company some years ago it ran thus twenty fifth january eighteen forty seven amongst these records and events i here insert the date of one which as a source of honour and happiness far exceeds all the rest we were married on june twelfth eighteen twenty one signed m faraday then follows the copy of the minutes dated may twenty first eighteen twenty one which gave him additional rooms and thus enabled him to bring his wife to the royal institution a feature of faraday's character which i have often noticed makes itself apparent in this entry in his relations to his wife he added chivalry to affection end of section one